The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Um, no, we don't really talk about, you know, I always told him I'd love to play with you, you know what I mean? Uh, guys like Carlos Dunlap, Justin Houston, guys who set the standard when I was in the league. You know, I um, watched some of their film when I first came in the league, so uh, it's always a pleasure to kind of be around that type of guy, high-character guy. I think um, experience one of the things. You know, we got a young group this year, uh, fairly young to me. I'm like one of the older guys in the group. Um, I think he bring a lot of experience. He can bring a lot of wisdom to the group. He also can uh, influence the group, you know what I mean, with his, uh, his leadership ability. So uh, we'll love to have him. Ah, it's beautiful when the gang is all back together again. That that gruesome threesome—I don't know if that works—but that gruesome threesome as uh, as we're all back together as uh, showing BK on the Chiefs gets back. And hey, fellas, training camp has started. It means the season has started, and it means all of y'all listening get us every week now, baby. We are back on it as football season is back and another quest, even though Serta doesn't believe they're going for it, but another quest <laughs> to try to win a Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs. Here we go, fellas. I'm, I'm out. Uh, I got I, I to get going. I get excited about camp, baby. Are, are you even going to be here next week, though? Aren't you going on vacation? What are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah, I might be. You never know. I might. I might. From no, you won't be. Get out of oh. here. I know you better than that. You're in Kansas City, a block from Serta's house, and you're like, unavailable, guys. Sorry. That's not <laughs> true. That is not. I did a podcast once with us on vacation. No, I no. I don't did. remember that. I, I, don't, did. I don't think that's I was, accurate. I did. I even I stole Serta's mic for a year and a half, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I gave it to him for one podcast, yeah. and he forgot to give it back to me before he left, and I didn't get can it back until this year. Can I say this? Uh, being someone that used to watch Patrick Mahomes in training camp almost every day, I just that dude is ridiculous. The the stuff and the type of throws he could make just are stupid. And 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 it's like you know when you go from watching training camp and watching Tyrod Taylor and Davis Mills, and then you you go and watch like. Like Mahomes just back foot, not even trying, throw the ball 40 yards in stride to somebody or rolling to the sideline and throw it sidearm back to Travis. Oh, 
God, that dude is just ridiculous. You almost forget what he can do, and then you just you just see him when he's not trying and how effortless it is for him to do things with his arm. It's just ridiculous. Ooh, oh, God, I love camp. It's great, dude. I, I was – I'm the – absolute insane human being who when i was in kc ron we used to go up there all the time like i love going to chiefs training camp like i'm trying to get out there i don't know if i'm going to be able to just scheduling wise but i'm trying to get out there this year because it's fun man it's the first time that you actually get to see football on the field as a fan so if you are if you've never been to saint joe for training camp it's actually a really good time the players are more loose they have fun with it it's hot as all get out and so that's something that you've got to deal with but it's a really good time, and I would recommend going up there to check it out, especially on one of those fan days that they've got available to you. But I, I love this time of the year, man. It's the first time that we get real, tangible news out of the That's Chiefs. Right. Like, we get to find out who's running with who. We get to find out what these young guys actually look like in a football type of situation. And now we're starting to see some signings, too. It's like the team is making moves based on what they're seeing. So I, I love this time of the year, man. It's the absolute best. Well, speaking of that, Carlos Dunlap, this is the news here, the latest. You talk about signings. Carlos Dunlap, defensive end. He was with Seattle last year. Uh, probably remember him more for his years with the Bengals. Uh, one year, $8 million, wor deal worth up to $8 million, uh, per. Listen, that was a void. That was a problem that they had. Uh, I, I had been nervous. I, you know, you've been looking around, thinking about maybe there's a connection with Robert Quinn. You know, the Bears seem to be Oakland A in this thing and just selling across their team and just trying to see how bad it can be for Justin Fields uh, and, and what kind of terrible team we can put around him. So I thought Robert Quinn could be a possibility. We knew that they needed an answer at defensive end somewhere. Now... The question is, is what kind of answer is Carlos Dunlap? What does this mean? I, I, I'll say this, and I'll let you guys jump in. My my first thought is, I think this was a move they needed to make. Brett Veach and Andy, and this is probably more Brett, needed to, to, to get an answer on the other side. Uh, you know, I like the potential future, and I think Karloftis is going to be a solid NFL player. But, I mean, if that was what you were going to do, or Mike Dana on the outside, on the other side of, 213 pound Frank Clark there was gonna you're going to need to fix that or have an answer there my thing with Carlos Dunlap is what is the expectation and what do not just the expectation but what does Steve Spagnola need out of him it, it, you know do you is the expectation of what Melvin Ingram was able to fill or is the expectation that he needs to be your second pass rusher your second best a uh, guy who gets pressure on the quarterback. And when you compare that to other second guys around the league, you know, like the Raiders, I think their second best pass rusher is either Chandler Jones or uh, or what's the kid's name? From Max Crosby. Yeah, Max Crosby. I mean, good God. I mean, he's not on either one of those levels. In the division of the Chargers, is it Bosa or is it Khalil Mack? You know, is he on the Randy Gregory level or, or, or Bradley Chubb? Like, what do you need? You need him to fill the Ingram void. If that's what the expectation is, is that what you feel like you need? I, I'm good with that because I think he can do that. Do you need him to be more of what you thought Frank Clark was going to be as an answer? With that, I have concern because I don't know if he can do that. It's all to me on how and what they need out of Carlos Dunlap. 
So I think he's better at this point in his career than Melvin Ingram is as a pass rusher. Melvin Ingram, over the last two full seasons now, he's played in 2020 or 22 games, he has two sacks. So that's just not a guy that's getting to the quarterback a whole lot. He's productive. I mean, we saw it in Kansas City, right? There's more than just the number of sacks that he brings to the table. And that's where I think Carlos Dunlap, like, he also brings that stuff. He's really good against the run. He's a guy that is going to help you set the edge. All of the typical cliches that you hear from coaches, he's going to fit into all of those categories. I think he's more consistent than Frank Clark as well. So I, I think as of today, your best defensive end going into the season, and this is not speaking highly of what the Chiefs had a defensive end, but it's the reality of it right now. I think their best defensive end on the roster is Carlos Dunlap. Well, so, that's scary. That's that's the concern to me. That, I'm that with is scary you. to me. But there was no like there was no better option, it seems, available. Like Robert Quinn, based on all the reports that are coming out of Chicago, I, Greg Wyshynski, who's an NHL writer, he, he has this saying of like, he always assumes guys in the NHL are going to sign where their stuff is. Robert Quinn's stuff is currently in Chicago, and it seems like he doesn't want to move that stuff. He just wants to get paid more by the Chicago Bears to have to deal with the crap that you're talking about with them going Oakland A style tanking this year in the NFL. So if he's unavailable, I think Carlos Dunlap was the best case scenario for how the Chiefs right now can upgrade their roster. And it didn't cost anything other than money. You're paying a below market value probably deal for him on a veteran close to the minimum with some incentives there for him. And you didn't have to give up any draft picks. So I like this deal. I think it made a ton of sense for them. I think the Chiefs are better as a result. To your point on, is this good enough? That I'm not sure about, but I don't think that there was a move to be made right now that would make them as good as what you want them to be. I do think what BK is saying about him being possibly the best pass rusher on the team right oh. now. Like if you, I, I think... No, I best, defensive end, to, to be clear. Chris Jones, Chris Jones is a yeah. better pass rusher. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I, I think that that is is valid like I, I think that carlos dunlap is a really good player still he's not a guy who's going to play 100 percent of the snaps or anything like that's not what you need him to be you need him to be able to just mix in with george Karloftis, and hopefully you see development from him as his rookie year goes on and hopefully he's eventually the best pass rusher on your team because that's what you drafted him to be and we'll see what we get out of frank i've got more confident in carlos being productive than i do frank at this point no, uh, that's fair. That that's fair. Uh, I just, uh, I just like if you're a team, and I, God, I don't want to be, you know, uh, negative or anything. But if you're a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, and if you got Patrick Mahomes and all the wheeling and dealing that they're doing, I think you you believe that. It's like, and you're you're cross. You're at a point right now. You're crossing your fingers, and you're at a hoping stage. Boy, I hope Carlos Dan Dunlop can give us the eight sacks or do something similar like he did in Seattle. Boy, I hope that Frank can return back, and maybe he has more speed now that he's dropped 47 pounds. I hope that Chris Jones can still get through double teams in a way that he used to because there's no reason for anybody to block him with a single offensive lineman because you shouldn't be afraid of anybody else across the defensive line. You're you're at a place where you have lost, you know, corners. You've lost uh, Tyron Matthew, and maybe it's upgraded back then. But just right now, 
like your secondary, there are still questions about that. And the thing that can help that is a pass rush up front. And you are at this point a Super Bowl contender with your fingers crossed, hoping that up front you can you can get some surprises. Like to me, it's a surprise if Carlos Dunlap matches eight sacks to me next year. It's a surprise if George Karloftis steps in and and does more than just solid play and gets you, you know, eight sacks, becomes a pass rusher like that. It's a surprise if Frank Clark comes on and becomes the guy that, that you were hoping. Like, the only non-surprise is Chris Jones. But you can't have the Chris Jones that played last year. Like, you've got to have a guy that's better. And I just – just for important for such an important thing in the league, especially in this division with the offenses and the quarterbacks you have, the Chiefs are, I mean, the Grand Canyon when it comes to pass rush compared to everybody else in the division and hell, every other contender. When you look at Buffalo too, and you look that that at Cleveland, that is just the hoping thing at pass rush is a real major concern because now you're you're hoping Pat can drag more. I hear you. Here's my question, though. Like, Ron, we thought this team could win the Super Bowl last year, right? As we were watching and we we're going through the season, we all believed that the Chiefs could win a Super Bowl last year, correct? Yeah. Do you think that this pass rush is worse than what they had a year ago? Because I would argue it's a decent amount better right now, at least on paper, and we don't know what it's going to be. But you didn't have George Karloftis last year. I think that George Karloftis is going to be better than the guy that he's replacing in the rotation, which is what, like Alex Okafor? They didn't have last year Carlos Dunlap. I think he's likely to be better than what they had at that spot last year, which was Melvin Ingram. I think that you should be expecting a better season this year out of Chris Jones. I think you should, and God, I hope we can expect a better season this year out of Frank Clark. So, I mean, the really the one guy that you're missing that you had last year in your pass rush is Jaron Reed, and he was underwhelming last year compared to what we expected, at least as a pass rusher. So I, I say all of that to say this, as much as I also have questions about this unit, Ron, I thought the Chiefs could win a Super Bowl last year, and their unit was, I think, objectively worse a year ago than what it is, at least on paper right now. Fair point. Why did you think they could win a Super Bowl last year, though? Totally fair, and it's because of the passing game, and specifically, I I knew you were going to bring this up. I was hoping you wouldn't get here. Well, I mean, I just, I, I mean, you just have to look at the entire landscape. Now, I, yeah. Before I get to why you felt they would win a Super Bowl, because they had like a combination of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey together and studs on that side. Are, are you saying that's a, that's not there now? What, what's which, going which on? Which is what not there, but also. <laughs> The other people in this division in this conference didn't weren't walking down the, the aisle with what they're walking down. Like the, it was true lock and, and company in Denver, not Russell Wilson and the rest of this crew. It was, you know, it it was not Derek Carr wasn't just throwing the wall. Now he's got the best wide receiver, many people believe, in the league with Waller and a year better with Hunter Renfro. And their defense is better, and like all across the board. And now, you got you got to believe this damn sure ain't the same Josh Allen. Like the, the amount of confidence that he's probably got to have and belief going into next year 
now they add Von Miller and add some stuff. Now you're talking about Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, and now Joe Burrow's not the same cat. That, like the whole conference is better. And now you're talking about going against those teams, and, and you're weaker on the other side right now. We don't know how it get how it, how it becomes, but right now you got to say you're weaker in terms of not having Tyreek Hill to have all those other guys. So I just it's just boy, it, it'd be one thing if everything stayed the same, but everything didn't stay the same. It's like everybody, almost like LeBron, God bless his soul, everyone came together to try to stop him. And it feels like everyone did things in the AFC to try to stop the Chiefs and you lost Tyreek. So like you they like you need your pass rush needed to get better. But I mean like obviously better, right? Like it needed to get completely better as as opposed to hoping. Please Carlos Dunlop, and, please. But when you're when you're getting younger as a team, a lot of that is just hope. Like we're hoping that George Karloftis is a really good player. Yeah, they didn't get younger with Carlos, and they're not yeah, getting younger. With, they, they did though. Frank. They did. <laughs> Melvin Ingram. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All and right. This the last this three game years, we're gonna so play. I mean, this is who they are now. They bring in veteran pass rushers. I, right. so, I mean, Ron, it is for what it's worth a really good point. Like. The AFC is now closing that gap. Either it is indeed closed or the margin from what you are, especially offensively to what some of these other teams are or were, is closing. Like Cleveland, we have no idea what to expect with that Deshaun Watson situation. But if it does indeed end up being eight games instead of the full season, like that's going to be a team that absolutely is a force to be reckoned with down the stretch potentially. You've got Lamar, who is back at full health potentially this year. I think the Ravens are being slept upon in the AFC. Well, Lamar and everyone else that they lost last year at full strength. Yeah, that offensive line, right? Like, that's what made them what they were, and now they should be closer to what they are. Yeah, 100%. So, the Chargers, they are as talented as any team in the AFC. The Bills are back, and they added Von Miller to the mix. You've talked about the Broncos and the Raiders. Like, this is... This conference is as deep and as strong as it has been at any point that I can remember, honestly, in recent memory. And you upgraded with Carlos Dunlap. So it is a fair point as to, like, did they need a more sizable upgrade at that spot? I think to Serta's point, though, and I'm kind of with him on this, it's also about the projection and about the potential of, well, what are we going to get from George Karloftis at the end of the year? Can he then be at the end of the year what you had last year with a guy like Melvin Ingram? Can he be kind of peaking at that point in time? What are you going to get from these young corners? Can they be better than what you had on the outside a year ago? Can this team be more balanced, both offensively and defensively, than it was last year? And I think that's what they're betting on. They're about betting on the fact that, they're going to be a more balanced team as opposed to last year where you can say, how did they win last year? Every Chiefs fan had the exact same answer. Well, they won because Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill are awesome. This year, they're hoping the answer is more like, well, they won because Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are great, but also they had three, four, five different games that were won for other reasons other than just those guys. Speaking of betting on, I'd imagine that they didn't bet on Roger Johnson kicking things off as their left tackle to start training camp. I I would bet that 
And as somebody who watched Roderick Johnson get his ass kicked every day uh, in Houston, which is one of the worst rosters I've ever seen in my life last year. And right, did They were much more competitive than they had any right to be. Okay, listen. One of the worst rosters I've ever seen in my life, getting his ass kicked and then getting cut uh, pretty early in the in, in the campaign with Houston. Uh, and now he's out here getting starter reps. I'm betting they didn't bet on Orlando Brown just continuing to hold this thing out. I, I, I'm going to need Orlando. I'm going to just hope Orlando is just in this space of, yeah, man, I'm, you know what, I'm going to chill on this. You know, I don't want to go in that heat in St. Joe. I don't want to stay in them dorms. But uh, they're going to need his ass to get back there sooner than later because – this Roger Johnson thing is certainly not an answer, and I don't think it would be, but it's just the thought of all through this, we talked about all the things that they don't have again. The thing they probably thought they was going to have was Orlando Brown, and he's not there as campus started. Serta, you put together all of the, the podcasts that I listen to on the daily with all of the player and coach interviews. Andy Reid, I've got a question for you. How often does he publicly make it very clear he's mad at a player? I think this is the first time that I could think of where he was so blatantly annoyed by it. It never happens. Never. You don't hear this. He never lashes out like this. He publicly said in front of reporters, I think it was earlier this week, yeah, you know, if we need, you know, Joe, uh, Joe Tooney to go out there and play for us at left tackle, Joe Tooney would be ready to go. That is a shot across the bow if I've ever heard one. Now, to your point, Ron, my expectation is week one, you're going to see Orlando Brown Jr. starting at left tackle for the Chiefs against the Arizona Cardinals. I would be honestly shocked, absolutely shocked if he's not out there. I do think he is making a miscalculation here, though. I think he's making a mistake. I don't know what he's trying to prove, honestly, Ron. Like, if I was his counsel, and I'm completely unqualified to do so, but in this scenario, I think I would be giving him better advice than what his current counsel is giving him. I would tell him, get your ass to camp, go ball out this year, prove to them what you are worth, and then in the offseason, we're going to get you paid every dollar that you want to be paid. Because right now, Ron, he has zero, and I mean zero, leverage against the Kansas City Chiefs. There is no deal to be made. They literally cannot negotiate. Not because the Chiefs don't want to, not because Orlando Brown doesn't want to, because they cannot. The deadline has already passed. So what are you trying to accomplish here? You want to miss the first week of camp because you think it's hot in St. Joe and you just don't want to be out there? I get it, man. I do. I've been out there in St. Joe. You have, Ron. Serta, you have. It is hot as hell. It sucks. And you can see those guys are exhausted at times, especially early in camp. You just want to skip a week? All right, fine. You better get there here pretty soon, though. Like, we get to these preseason games. I know people laugh at preseason and say it's not important. It matters for Andy Reid. This dude cares about training camp. And if you're going to miss all of training camp, man, I, I do think that will potentially not only impact his play, but the play of the entire offensive line. And this schedule is daunting early on in the season Arizona on the road LA Chargers at home Indianapolis on the road Tampa at on the road Las Vegas at home Buffalo at home man these guys need to be ready to go early in the season I don't think it's going to be the exact same scheme as it was a year ago there are things that Orlando Brown Jr. needs to learn 
this is a bad look for him in my mind. I don't think it's going to be something that prevents them from signing him long-term, but this is a big deal and he needs to get his butt in camp. Yeah. I'm about things that make sense. And like, I mean, I've had no problem with anything he's done. I know many people have had problems that he didn't sign that contract or whatever, but I, I think there was some things in it where I can, I could see from his his standpoint. But, hey, man, you fought the fight now. I mean, you're just losing money now. I mean, you're just getting fined and losing money right now at this point because there's nothing nobody can do. Like, they can't come and you, you can't do what DK Metcalf did and get a new contract. That Like, you just – it's just out because they cannot – they cannot negotiate with a player at this point now that is on the franchise tag. Can't do it. So, I think he needs to get in. And now – see, I disagree with you, Brandon. I, I, I think this is something that could be an issue with his future signing here because now we're, we're, I think what Andy is looking at is, Hey man, I don't know how much you are about winning right now. And I don't, and I think that's an important thing. If I'm going to give you the type of money that you want me to give you is you not being about winning. Yeah. I traded a late ass first round pick, but it's okay. I'm Andy Reed. I want a Super Bowl in this beast, right? They they gonna have no problem with me, and I'll go find another tackle. If I if I got a just one thing about you trying to get your money, I get it. But right now, you just messing with the the winning. Now we got Roger Johnson out, Johnson out here, and potentially having to go Joe Tooney to left tackle. Like, all right, you coming back here? So what you about? Like you now, you don't want to get out here in the in the heat, and now you don't want to. So I I think the way he handles this. If he feels like a I'm just about money guy and not about trying to get trying to win, I, I I think there is something potentially down the line where they'll say, all right, man, we'll let you we'll play you under this franchise tag, but nah, you're not you don't have a mindset we're looking for, and when we feel like we can go we can go get that we got picks, uh, and I think that they could have that mindset if he just holds out forever and then eventually shows up week one and he's not ready to go and he looks like he's struggling and he doesn't look like he's like deserving of a long-term contract. Like, I think that's totally possible, but I do think that there's something to, you know, let me hold out for a couple of weeks in a training camp. I agree that it's not ideal. It's not doing anybody any good. It's not doing the chiefs any good or Orlando Brown. But when you think about Tampa Bay center, uh, Ryan Jensen, who's one of the best centers in football who got injured in training camp, I kind of understand what Orlando Brown's trying to do here. But it is hurting the football team. They need him there. Roger Johnson cannot be your starting left tackle week one of the NFL season. Yeah, but uh, but, but that don't. But that, uh, no, it's not fair because what what you're saying is he's like trying to avoid injury. But if he's going to come and play this year, then injury can happen at any point. Yeah, so, and also he's training. He, he's training right now, and he's not currently under contract. If he were to injure himself seriously right now while he is training, which is possible. It's not the same injury risk as if he goes out there and plays. And by the way, the injury risk potentially increases during the regular season if he does not go to training camp because he doesn't have the same amount of football experience prior to going down there. But that's neither here nor there. If he gets hurt while he is training, he gets zero this year. None of his money is guaranteed until he signs the bottom line. And the Chiefs could just say, you know what? We're taking it away. If you're going to miss the entire season, we're not going to sign you to the franchise tag because why would we pay you $17 million to not play for us this year. They can rescind that tag. We've seen stuff like that happen before. So I I actually think it goes the other way. I think he's being a little careless with his money right now. 
You've got $17 million that when you sign that dotted line, it is guaranteed to you. You will make basically a million dollars for every game that is played this year. I, I would have to look it up on exactly what he has made in his career, but he was a late round draft pick. I think it's like $5 million. He is going to potentially triple this year what his career earnings are based on the franchise tag. No, this is not like, an no, unfair deal for him for this year. Nobody believes he's going to sit out. No. Right? No, like nobody believes he's going to be Le'Veon Bell and end up fighting in five years. And if he does, it, it's somebody. the silliest thing we've ever and then seen you don't, and from then a contractual you, And then it's time to move on from him at that point. Like, he, Ron, he needs to, your, to get in. To he your needs point, to though, on, on Andy being upset by him and basically saying, like, hey, is he all about winning? I mean, we've seen the history of this with Andy and KC, right? This would not be the first player that has missed, whether it be OTAs or training camp. And Andy then eventually kind of held it against them. And they ended up not being in KC long-term. Justin Houston had that. We saw that with Debo. We saw that with Marcus Peters. I think Eric Berry at one point did that. Like we've seen a history of guys that were not here for the long haul, at least in part, or at least the speculation is, because they did skip stuff like this. So Andy, even if we don't take it seriously and we don't think it's the most important thing in the world, Andy Reid absolutely does. He views camp as being really important. Well, and not just that he views it as important, but he has the ability to, like he's got he's got enough leverage and pull to do whatever the hell he wants to do, right? Like, I mean, this this is like, like Orlando Brown had some leverage because they traded real capital, a first round pick, to get him, and they they knew they were going to have to pay him. But Andy has enough for him where he's not going to get crushed or or be on the hot seat or Brits are going to be on the hot seat because they uh they let him they let him go after a year because they didn't like they, they have the they have enough cachet where they can make that move and nobody's going to do anything nobody's going to trip so I, he needs to he probably he probably needs to calm it down right and and, and get his ass on in you know I, I mean I know I don't want to be in St. Joe for that long but I mean they got a good CC's pizza get your ass in there <laughs> And, then, and it hasn't even it. been that hot yet in St. I've dominated these guys, these guys complaining. It hasn't been a hundred out there yet. The number that I have done on that CC's Pizza Buffet out there in, in St. Joe off the Beltway. <laughs> oh my God! I have four or five, eight times. I have done a number on that. So I mean, get your ass in. Are you I just like full pizzas. Like oh oh, come on, man! In my heyday, oh my goodness, going there requesting different different styles. <laughs> oh hit me with that barbecue pizza come on man get me in there I, that's a that's a that was that used to be a hey let's go watch the games and really piss it's them off cc's oh well i mean it's a it's a you get your money's worth this is a <laughs> this thing about it used watching. to be the the pizza street blue springs ron you're, you're familiar Oh, you can yeah. eat for three forty nine. It was great, dude. You could go over there, get yourself a nice meal for like four bucks. All you can eat. Oh, it was great. Oh well, I go in there. You go in there and watch. You know, hey, college football, college basketball. Let's watch. Let's watch the triple hitter and just <laughs> and just eat. And just eat pizza. pizza for twelve hours. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> And what are they going to do to stop you? Yep. Ron's going over there for the NCAA tournament. He's there from like oh, 11 a.m. until 1 a.m. It was just great. Yeah, I thought they were going to put a time limit on us, but they didn't. So, uh, yeah, get on to that CC's pizza. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, like, listen, with camp get started here, everybody looking at surprises, right? Many of you all had dreams of Justin Ross being that surprise. Well, uh, not a chance. I will never but, forget that three months of Noah Gray, or one month really. Of oh, Noah yeah, Gray the White Stallion. Our, so many people. Great White. There are a couple of guys, and let's particularly look in the secondary, that are starting to stand out. And that is Joshua Williams, and that is Juan Thornhill. Juan Thornhill becoming the new love, the new love for, for Steve Spagnola. I don't, I, listen, I think they potentially may need them both, and it is good to see. What for the Chiefs, it is good to see uh how their camps have started because they're they're gonna need those guys potentially to be players. So, Ron, I can't be hurt yet by Joshua Williams. I was there at camp. Do you remember Herb Miller? Uh yes, I refused. <laughs> I refused to allow Herb Miller to get me. Punk Pete Sweeney. <laughs> Pete Sweeney, uh, Serta's boss, he would he would love a, him some Herb Miller. Herb love Miller. him some Herb Miller. Would try to call in on our show every week about Herb Miller. He so did. I didn't he spent a whole up. training camp every week dropping Herb Miller. I would you know not why? Got... He was starting. He started camp as the starting cornerback. And he looked okay, at least at first. And then you know what happened, Ron? By the end of camp, Herb Miller was no longer a piece of that roster that was going to do anything of significance for the Chiefs. So, I'm not saying that Joshua Williams is Herb Miller. But I'm not allowing Joshua Williams to hurt me just yet. I'm not buying in yet to that hype train. Well, I've been One Thornhill? <laughs> I can be... I, that. That is my hype train that I am the captain well, of. Come on, you got, Ron, let's stop. You've been the captain of Juan Thornhill's stream yeah, for three years. Exactly. I mean, so why, why step off now? All aboard. Choo-choo. Let's go. Jump on in. The water's warm, boys. Ron, tell me why, though, you are on the Joshua Williams hype train. Listen, one, I think I, I think it's, it's, it's a need, and he, you know, he's that guy that has the measurables. Did you listen there. to my interview with this college coach, James Lott? You can Do find you it on me? the Arrowhead Pride podcast. Ever. Do you want me to be honest right now? <laughs> There's not a chance in hell I'm listening to James Lott. I don't know who he is. You got an interview with Ronnie Lott. He's the, he's the DB him. coach of Fayetteville State. Yeah. God, man. I, I'm sorry. I'm just not into that. But. There are folks here that are. I'm not into Jim Lott, but I didn't listen to it, but I've watched him. He's got the measurables, and, like, I I love watching. He steps up to the challenge. Like, he is, he is, he is into let me check, let me check Travis Kelsey because they got another guy over there in Lonnie Johnson who's still having nightmares of that playoff game when he got, when he got burned by Kelsey for 10 catches and 100-something yards against uh, when he played for the Texans. This kid is stepping up and wanting it. And then I see Travis Kelsey responding, like, mm, 
nice. He just has the length. He has something. And there's a void there with 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 the with, with Ward out in in San Francisco now. Can he can he feel that? And I, I think that's a spot where they need some help. And I I just like his his competitiveness. Kind of reminds you of Rashad Fenton a little bit. How he how he's into it. And I, I just like I don't know why I've, I've sucked I've I've set up and watched a little too much, probably a little too much of his college and now uh, some of his stuff during during camp so far. I've, I've probably watched a tad bit too much and and found my even when he gets burnt, I've 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 been into Which it. So happened. yeah, uh-huh. it yeah. happens. Yeah, he, I get, he got burned today, but that's okay. I'm, I, I'm even more I wasn't head, head over heels for, oh for him in the secondary than you oh. are. I'm, yeah, you I'm already out to talk to Jim as being one of the best young secondaries in the NFL. James. Okay, well, let's I've made that job now. All right, slow down, cowboy. You said you said what? He said one. Of, I'll say it for you again. <laughs> one of the best young secondaries. What does that even mean? One of I the know. best young. It's just I'm I'm I I've been doing all these interviews with all these college coaches for all these players that they drafted, and I've just I've just fallen in love with the draft class. I'm just that's one of the one most of, Chiefs that, people now. That's fine, but what is the best? One of the best young secondaries. What they is got a bunch who, of youth, and they're good. Who who, who else is up there with them? As um, one of the best, who are they competing with? As Would Buffalo young... be considered to be young at this point? Yeah, Tredavious yeah. White yeah. seems pretty. I mean, and... Tredavious is the veteran there, but they've got. Some I mean, other... Micah Hyde, Broncos, and, and, and Poyer. Those are those are pretty older Broncos. guys. Yeah, yeah. Simmons hasn't been around that long. I mean, what are you talking about? Yeah. You just made up a. Yeah. You just made up something. Like if you're gonna say one of the best yeah, secondaries corners, uh, or one of the surprising secondaries, I'll get you one of the best young secondaries in a game. Like who else? It's who really else the I mean, other. It's just. I, I think he's right, but I'm just now. not sure what their competition is for this award. Yes, I don't know. Like, who, who else do I have that to run just, up with the it, Giants? Which is the first adjective yes. I threw out there because the Chiefs happen to be young in the secondary. This is an award that I didn't know the Chiefs wanted to win that now suddenly I'm not sure who else is up for said award. No, they might be the best young secondary. Okay, now, yeah, yeah they stick into it. Don't say might. Don't say might. Just say it. This is the best young secondary in football. I mean, Here's my question. On Joshua Williams specifically, J-Dub what do we, we need him to be? God bless it. What do we need him to be this year? Like, if he is what Charvarius Ward was early on in his career, I push the button right now. Is that a win for the Chiefs? Yeah, I, I just need him to not be standing flat-footed the way that who who the hell was that was in that Buffalo game that just got turned around on one of those touchdowns? Who the hell is that? Is that's not Micah? Baker, was oh, Micah Hughes. I just yeah. need him to not be standing flat-footed like Mike Hughes in coverage. Like, can you can you can you can you do that? Can you be that? Listen, I, I, I'm not going to go crazy and ask and ask him to be something that I don't think he can be yet. But can he be a solid guy and get and start like Rashad Fenton? You remember Rashad Fenton before he got injured, like competitive guy that wasn't afraid against anybody, and you felt pretty good about him. That's what I'm hoping potentially he can be. That 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 that's it. I, I'm not asking for him to be. I'm not even having the expectation he's a starter or that he is Traverius Ward, he steps in for that. I'm just, can he be a guy pressed in like Mike Hughes, just like or, or like Baker was at times, and be able to hold up better than those guys? I think and he from might what be I've a seen starter, early, by the way. 
Like the, he he might be asked to step in might. earlier he than might. expected. And he might. That that's all my expectations, and I'm not going crazy like you are about Juan Thornhill. It feels like you're you're in Pro Bowl level of Juan. Why wouldn't Thornhill. I be? Uh, I, but, I mean, that's that explains the Juan thing is is happening. It, it's it. We know that that's a verified fact because Spags doesn't say that if he's not truly impressed with Juan. Juan, Juan is going to have an All Pro season now. I've got one expectation for Juan Thornhill this year. And it is that he's making the Pro Bowl. Did you see this quote from Steve, Steve Spagnolo? Quote, the guy who has stepped up in leadership is one Thornhill. I'm talking about out here from a communication standpoint. He's running the show. He's kind of taken that upon himself. <laughs> Ron, I'm all in. Like, J- Justin Reed's going to be a lot of fun. I think that guy's a stud. I absolutely love listening to his press conferences. That guy is exactly what they needed to add this offseason if they were going to lose um, Tyron Matthew. If one Thornhill is what he was as a rookie, Cert is right. This is going to be one of the best young secondaries in the NFL. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to. I, I think I like Juan Thornhill. I think he's he's potentially a ball hawk. No, I do. I, I I like Juan Thornhill, and I don't think we've seen the best in him any anything close to it. My problem is, I I don't want to. I'm not encouraged when I hear Steve Spagnola praise him, because Steve Spagnola, the last person he praised like this, was Dan. Okay, and, and the okay. last person he Come just on. praised was Dan, and he saw things in Dan that nobody else did. And I'm just <laughs> going to hold unfair. off. I'm no. just going to. It's not unfair. I'm, I'm not letting you do off. this. I'm not. I'm just going to hold off by leaning in to. Ooh, look what Steve Spagnola had to say about it. He also he also would say things like he felt like Dan Sorensen was a difference maker back there and just kept planning. So no. I like Juan Thornhill and think he has. I even think he has a chance to play at a Pro Bowl level. But I am not cinched and not saying, whoo, look at what Steve had to say about it. <laughs> that makes me feel better. Go run back some of the dumb stuff that Steve used to say about Dan Sorensen. So let's calm down. But Dan I couldn't wanna... play. That's a, the, the reason why I think this is unfair what you're doing But here. Steve thought he could. But we know Juan Thornhill like can. He... That, that's the difference is we know Juan Thornhill, the, the, the playing football part when he's confident and healthy and his knee is like in one, it's like re- reconstructed correctly. We know he can play the game at a really high level. The guy do is we crazy. Know he can, do we know he can play it at a Pro Bowl level? I haven't seen that consistently. Yes, at the yet. end of his 2019 season, I think he was playing legitimately at a Pro Bowl caliber level. And then he got hurt and everything changed. And I don't think he's been the same guy since this year. If he is healthy and he is confident, and this is why I do think this quote matters is because if he is back there communicating really well, really well, if he is back there showing those leadership qualities, Ron, I think this was the question about Juan Thornhill for the coaching staff is like, is he back to being that guy? Is he going to be that guy? If he is, man, I couldn't be more all in. If there's one guy that I would bet on right now, like I'm putting my BK stamp of approval, which just became a thing, on any one player on the defensive side of the ball going into this wow. year. It's Juan Thornhill. I'm I I could not be more all in on him having a big season this year for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I, listen, 
I, and listen, I'm excited about him. I, I think he he can be that. I just need I just need somebody else to say it. I just like for me, it is it is just not when I hear it from Spags, like all I, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent so who's the cornerbacks coach? Maybe it's if, if it we Dave hear from Merritt, from Merritt or is it Dave Merritt? Yeah, or is it who's who's the secondary coach? Like let me let me hear it from from them and I I I'd feel better. But he said some delusional things about the, about Dan Sorensen that he I'm not just being gonna... nice. He was just being nice. He knew Dan. He was soft. being nice. He, he was being Dan nice soft. every. He knew he was being nice every week, and then he was also playing him in the way that matched the things that he would say about him in his delusions. <laughs> well, so, then we know Juan Thornhill is going to get the opportunities this year. This is a good thing. I'm just saying. I'm a little nervous. Let's let's go up. But Josh, but Joshua Williams, I'm in there. I'm in there, J-Dub. Come on, 2-3. I love it. I love it. Boy, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun, fellas. Let's have a good time here, man. Stay stay tuned to all the Arrowhead Pride stuff. We're we're back and rolling, right, Serta? I mean, their, their show's coming out every week now. It's in full full flex mode right now for Arrowhead Pride with the, the season starting. Yeah, we've got new episodes coming out every single day of the week. We got our whole new lineup is rolled out for training camp. So make sure you check it out. Rob might not be here next week. It might just be me and BK, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, I wanna don't don't even say might not. Ron ain't gonna be here next week. It's gonna be me and Serta. Maybe we'll try to get a guest on here. I want to place Ron Wally Pip. I want to. There's no chance. I want (laughs) to declare right now with my my recent return. Uh, the good Lord knows I thought I only had 13 months with this hair. Um, I declare we have the best hair as a show on Arrowhead Pride. A- any tandem, any anybody. <laughs> I Mark, the British guys, Pete, whoever, Pete and Ron, whatever. We know. have the best hair. The three of us, we have the best hair of any show. I was going to tell you, Ron, your hair is looking excellent, man. It's looking it really yeah, good. Look I'm really telling good. you, I've got a barber who is doing <laughs> something. I promise I've not gotten. I've is not this gotten the first plugs. time you've gone like full fade? No, I, I've started. I picked it up here lately. I didn't, you know, I I thought it was done. Right. I, you know, you thought it was big time. Well, I thought I, well, I had moved in. I, I'd never forget. I'd done TV once and my wife, when I got home, had the TV on pause and it's and it showed me it's time like you gotta you gotta keep this thing low it was just bad it was like my whole left side was just gone and uh and the hairline it jumped back and at that point i knew i had to keep it like the late kobe bryant just real low real low real low then i had i had a uh i had a a a thing i had a surgery i had to have on my head and i couldn't get my hair cut and and then it just start growing and growing. And I told my barber, I guess, man, if you can line it up. And he lined that sucker up. And I mean, the floodgates started opening. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're back, baby. Mortimer, we're back. I got a full, full hair. I got a bot. I can just do so many things. I'm thinking about getting some 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 extensions and maybe break this thing up. You're going full Jimmy Butler. We're going to be on the show in two weeks. What is it? Going to have I'm going to come down to his knees. Come on, back. Just let it out. 
What are we doing? All right, that's your BK on the Chiefs. We are out.